0: The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global.
1: Hello all, thank you for joining us here on Plant Profits. I am Vern Davis. With Produce Global, People Solutions, Plant Profits, uh, I am the host. And uh, we're um, having a a conversation today, and I've been looking forward to it for some time. Um, The gentleman that we're going to be talking with today... I spoke to him back in November of 2018, and that's the last time I spoke to him, so uh, we'll we'll talk more about that. I'm Vern Davis, your host, and thanks again for joining us. My guest is the CEO, one of the nation's largest and most respected premier producers of vape products, packaging, supplies, accessories, and almost all things to the cannabis industry, a big ancillary business that... And maybe the biggest, and we'll talk to Nick Kovacevic about that today. Nick, thank you for joining us. Nick is the CEO, co-founder, and chairman of Cushco Holdings. Nick, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back on. Excited. Absolutely, man. I tell you, how, how are you, how are your family doing, man? How are you doing? <clears throat> well, I appreciate
2: that. Uh, you know, we're doing we're doing well. Very yeah. fortunate. Everyone's uh, healthy and uh, somewhat happy. Um, okay. I have an eight-month-old son, so I've been able okay. to spend some more time at home. And, you know, just adjusting to the new way of life. You know, it's, yeah. it's an adjustment, but it's something new. And so, you know, you got to take that approach and have a positive attitude.
1: No, ab- absolutely. So you're, you're in Southern Cal, right? Yes, sir. In Orange County? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you from Orange County? So originally I'm from Santa Cruz
2: um, okay. And then, you know, went around to the country a little bit for college And ended up back in Cali And then moved down to, to Southern California in 2010 To start uh, the company at the time it was called Cush Bottles Oh,
1: I remember when it was called, man, Cush Bottles But I want to go back to uh, You grew up in one of my favorite places on Earth <laughs>
2: it's, a, it's a great town
1: Yeah, man, Santa Cruz I mean, i i lived I lived in uh, the Bay Area a couple times in my career, and uh, uh, Santa Cruz. It, I just felt like it was. I was going back in time every time I'd go to Santa Cruz, and it just felt felt very interesting. It was very uh, very cool and hip place, you know. And I used to host uh, volleyball tournaments there.
3: Oh, nice. uh, beach
1: volleyball was big there. I, one of the companies I worked for was Jose Cuervo, and we sponsored those things back in the day. And you know, it was a big deal. I mean, the whole community came out for that stuff.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting community. You got the beach, you got the boardwalk. That's right. I remember everyone had bumper stickers that said "Keep Santa Cruz Weird." Um, so that's <laughs> the kind of town it was. it was. It was pretty unique, and now it's changing a lot because of Silicon Valley.
1: And uh, you know, I haven't been back in a few years, but uh, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. How in the hell did you get over to Oklahoma to JC to play a little ball? Yeah, good good question. So I had a buddy of mine who was from L.A. Yeah. Who who had got a
2: scholarship to play at a junior college in Oklahoma. Yeah. And meanwhile, I was playing at San Jose State and I wasn't having a good time because I wasn't playing much. And he was telling me how great it was in Oklahoma, and I said, "Well, if this guy's from LA; and yeah. he's getting along fine. It can't be too bad." So <laughs> I, I ended up having him introduce me to the coach, and, and they, I ended up getting a scholarship to go play ball out there for a year. It was pretty fun.
1: No, that's that's great. And then you went to to um, now you 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 went to high school at a Jesuit school, right? Yes, the right. Then, in yep. then you went to the. <laughs> To Missouri, it got all Baptist on us, right? Southwest Baptist, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I got I got to see the different ends of the spectrum. So. You did. Yeah, it was funny.
2: When, when in, my, uh, where I ended up my last two years in college was at Southwest Baptist University in, yeah. in Oliver, Missouri. And I mean, they had more churches than they had restaurants. It you is know, it unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Just a totally different lifestyle, but it was fun, you know. We yeah. coach had a rule. He said, you know, he didn't care where where you went to church, but you had to go to church every Sunday. So he didn't care which which church you went to. So we we bopped around to the different churches we checked them all out. You know, <laughs> that's great. That's that's great. But you guys were successful, right? Sweet sixteen. Yeah, we were. We were Division two. Uh, we were really good. We had a lot of kids that. Um, you know, we're, we're going to go to play at a really big school, but they didn't make grades out of junior college. So they they came to, to division two. And so we were pretty stacked. We were number two in the country. Um, when I was there, our first game of the year, we actually beat Utah at Utah uh, my senior year, which was a big win. Um, and they ended up going on to be a five seed in the tourney that year. So we were good. Unfortunately, I got hurt, though. I tore my ACL toward the end of the season. And then um, we had a big All-American 6'11". Uh, guy was great and he he got mono uh right in the tournament so it was unfortunate and we ended up getting bounced out at the sweet 16 of the d2 tourney
1: oh man wait you got there though baby you know that's great that is great so hey let's talk about uh what i remember it was called kush bottles right so so tell me how this all came together because you guys must be the large, you're the largest ancillary that I'm aware of. I don't I don't know. Talk Talk to us about what Cushco Holdings is about and Kush, what was Cush Bottles, et cetera, Kush Supplies, yeah. all that. Tell us about yeah. that.
2: Yeah, so Cush Bottles, we started in 2010. And, uh, you know, I just gotten back from school in the Midwest at a Baptist school. And so my buddy from high school, uh, who is a former uh, teammate of mine at Bellarmine, Uh, he was telling me about these cannabis clubs and I, I thought, well, what is this? Is this a nightclub where the bouncers are selling cannabis? Uh, he said, no, there's a medical, (laughs) medical club. So I said, well, let's go check it out. So I had to go get my medical card. So I go into the doctor and, and, you know, bring my knee surgery paperwork and my chiropractor paperwork. And I didn't know it was, it was really a rubber stamp, but, um, I went all in, got, got approved, got my medical card and, uh, you know, we started checking out the scene and and really it was interesting um, seeing this industry that was sort of hiding in plain sight and, um, you know, somebody who wasn't looking for it wouldn't necessarily see it but once you once you were looking for it, you know, they were everywhere. Right. Uh, the, the medical marijuana dispensaries in the state of California back in 2009, 2010 and we wanted to get a piece of the action. We, we thought it was a good industry, um, something that, you know, as a young entrepreneur, you know, going into a, a business that, you know, you, you, there's not a lot of incumbents, right. There's, there was no one that had been doing this for 20, 30 years. Um, it was all startups and it was all, you know, for the most part, friendly people that, uh, that, that cared about the plan. And so, you know, the question was how, and at the time it was still um, illegal uh, federally, it still is, but, but uh, at the time there was a lot of risk. Uh, people were getting sent to jail uh, just for running a medical marijuana business and, and even doing things the right way. So we looked at the opportunity to be an ancillary player, and we noticed, hey, every single transaction requires one of these bottles. And right. so, you know, why not get a small piece of every single transaction uh, versus uh, versus taking the risk and, and and potentially having to go to jail? So that was our thesis. And, you know, we made it work. We, we, we ordered Bottles from China. Um, we sourced some bottles domestically, and then we started mm-hmm. going door to door, and we were slinging bottles. I mean, that's what we were doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, that's great. Uh, that's a, that's a great story. So, so you you started out slinging bottles. This is 2010, and uh, when did it start to to change for you guys? Yeah, that's another good story, and uh-huh. I'll, tell, I'll tell it
2: quick, but. You know, we, we were just dabbling and, and, you know, we were using all of our own money and so it was, we weren't making much money. So on the side, we were looking at other opportunities and actually one of our uh, clients that owned a dispensary introduced us to a gentleman who was um, had an idea. He was actually already doing it, but uh, renting construction equipment online. Um, and w- it was interesting. It was similar to you know a model that they we saw in hotels and airlines like Travelocity and Expedia, but nobody had done it for these big uh, heavy machines. And it was a gigantic industry. So we said, hey, let's let's take a stab at that. So we actually started that business in 2012, and that business really took off. And all of a sudden, we're we're looking at this Kush bottles business and saying. Gosh, this is tough, you know, customers are going out of business not cuz we did anything wrong or they did anything wrong, just because they're getting shut down. Right. And it was a tough environment and at the time we had this other company taken off, we a guy approached us and said, "Hey, would you consider selling?" And we we said, "Yeah, sure, we'll, we'll entertain some offers." So we had some offers for, for people to buy the business from us. Um, and you know, we were entertaining them and then all of a sudden Colorado Uh, legalization kicked in. That was Jan 1, 2014.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: this business that had been struggling in California, you know, hard, hard dynamics to grow all of a sudden booming in Colorado. We went from under 30,000 in sales one year to over a million the next year in Colorado.
1: Well, that is great. And that's where we're going to pick off. We're going to take a break. We'll continue our discussions with uh, Nick Kovacevich uh, from Cushco Holdings, he's the CEO and co-founder, and uh, he just told us how he was—he was—he was peddling bottles, and now he's—he's he's in business in Colorado, and we'll—we'll we'll pick that up right after we come back.
0: Plant profits will return, so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Sugis in your drink. Order your Sugis now at SHOOGIES.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Sugis, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
3: natural substances produce the results that cbd is producing in the animals that we are testing on
0: it's a dog's life with angela ardellino only on cannabis radio
3: hey take a look at this they're selling smart pots (laughs) they have pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
0: The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Hey, this is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is Fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And today I'm hanging out with Nick Kovasevich from Kushko. Nick is CEO of the business, co founder, and chairman of the holding company Kushko Holdings. And uh, Nick uh, was uh, just starting to to really kind of lay out what Kushko has become and, and how um, it took off when Colorado took off. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 2014,
2: it was a game changer. We saw sales go through the roof in Colorado and then we, you know, quickly looked at each other and said, well, gosh, I think this is going to happen in more than more States than Colorado. We, We knew Washington was right around the corner. We knew California would get there at some point. And so now we had a burgeoning business that was, you know, something, you know, in years prior, people people were looking down on and and stigmatizing you know now people wanted to talk about it it was exciting Um, things were happening in the sector. um so so we uh you know we wanted to be a part of it we wanted to build something big and at the time uh you know we had a guy in that was helping run the company and he said hey this is great and we're doing well and and we're growing but we have no more money um Mm -hmm. he said you know we're gonna have to scale back and we said scale back. No, that's the opportunity to move forward. Uh, we'll figure out how to get the money. So we started looking around and believe it or not, in 2014, there wasn't a lot of interest for investors to invest in a company that's selling supplies to the cannabis industry. And we were looking at, Hey, we can maybe get 300, $400,000, but that's not going to get us very far. So we saw a couple of companies that had been going public, And they had really good valuations and, and, you know, a lot of of it wasn't real business, but, you know, we figured, hey, we've got a real business. Um, Why not, you know, try that same route and see what happens? At the very least, you know, our cost of of raising capital will come down. So that's when I actually became the CEO was uh, September 2014. We made the decision that we were going to take the company public and that was the decision that allowed us to start bringing in outside capital. And so we were able to raise money from investors, use that money to grow and expand the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, long story short, um, you know, we were able to uh, effectively move our business into every major cannabis market and expand from being a packaging provider into what Cushco Holdings is today, which is a provider of many different products and services I'm still focused on servicing businesses in mm-hmm. the cannabis and CBD industry.
1: Break that down for us, some Nick. What are the things that you guys actually do? Because you you have created businesses. You created the holding company because you created real businesses attached to the holding company. Walk us through that. Yeah. So we took the everything we did was centered around the customer. We looked at the yeah. customer
2: that we were servicing, and the customer was buying packaging and other supplies and labels. And we said, well, what else does this customer need uh, that we could potentially provide and add value? And that launched us into the vape category where, you know, it it just started taking off in, in 2014, 2015. Um, and you know, we had sources in China. We, we had a relationships with different companies that we saw that were importing these products and being able to deliver them to cannabis companies so that they could then fill the vape pens with the vape oil. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we ended up buying a company in 2017. that was one of the, the, the ones that was doing it the best uh, called CMP wellness. And we rolled them in. And then now all of a sudden we had this unique offering of, of vape products to go alongside the packaging. So as you can imagine, a lot of people buying packaging from us at the time also were in need of vape pens. And a lot of people buying vape pens from this company mm-hmm. were also in need of packaging. So it was a very simple cross-selling strategy um, that ended up growing the sales exponentially. And so the company we acquired uh, called Meta, or CMP Wellness or Metapen, mm-hmm. they had done $8 million in sales the year uh, prior to us acquiring them. Well, after we opened up that cross-selling, we generated over $20 million of vape pen sales that following year because of mm. the network and the infrastructure that we'd already built. So it was a it was a very nice um, exercise. And then we, we went on to repeat it. Uh, we said, OK, well, what else do these customers need? Well, if they're right. making vape oil, they need their solvents. So that's you know butane, propane, ethanol. <laughs> these are the solvents that are utilized to extract the cannabis oil out of the plant. And so, again, in 2018, we acquired a leading provider of these solvents, a company called Summit Innovations. And, again, it was a cross selling exercise. We had customers buying vape pens and packaging that needed these solvents. They had customers that were buying the solvents that needed vape pens and packaging. And so we did it again. And that's how we got to the three major products that we offer today, which is you know packaging, papers and supplies, vape hardware, Um, And then the energy and natural products, which is our solvents um, and other uh, mixing agents, Um, and then we recently launched services uh, on our own. And this is, uh, yeah, this is something where we saw an opportunity uh, the industry needed, uh, uh, and this is mainly on the CBD side support to get into retail stores. And because CBD is federally legal, um, we partnered with a multi-billion-dollar company uh, called CA Fortune. Who, uh, is has a specialty of taking food brands into mainstream retail? So they represent mm-hmm. brands like Kind Bar, and uh, Justin's Peanut Butter Cup, and they represent uh, you know Martinelli's and uh, Beyond Meat. So real big players. So these so brokers,
0: they, uh, these guys, brokers,
2: yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. And um, and they didn't have any CBD exposure, and so we said, look, let's partner up. We know all the CBD players. You know, you know all the grocery channels. Um, together, we can make this happen. Um, and so that was the start of it. But we've expanded now. We have our own team. We, we, we're we getting brands placed into some of the biggest uh, drugstore chains in the country. We're getting brands placed into convenience channels and specialty channels and, and beauty channels. So these brands are loving it because now they're getting extra uh, placements at retail, more sales volume, and then guess what? If we're able to then sell them packaging mm-hmm. that they need to go on the retail, mm-hmm. our efforts are now uh, again uh, influencing our sales of our core products of the packaging. So it's a nice ecosystem that all kind of works hand in hand, and what we do for these customers.
1: Yeah, I can. I I, I totally agree. You're building, and everything is connected, and it all comes back to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, it all comes back to the core. I'm going to dive into this uh, this business you're, you're doing, uh, this, this broker now. did you, did you, did you buy CA, you, did you buy CA Forger or did you create a division inside of their business? How did you do that? Yeah. So we, we set up our
2: own, uh, retail services is what, what we call it, a retail services division. Um, and we hired our own folks that would be okay. the, um, main point of contact and liaison with the customer. Um, so these are the CBD brands that are in our network. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our, our folks on our team, they liaise with the folks on the CA Fortune team. Um, you know, CA Fortune, they're a multi-billion dollar company. They've got a ton of resources. Um, so together we we provide the best of both worlds because our, our folks know the CBD side of the industry. They know the customers really well. They know the supply chain of how hemp is grown and processed and turned into these products. And then C A Fortune, they know. Hey, they know the buyer at at Whole Foods. They know the buyer at Target. They know the buyer at, at all these channels. So together, we're able to package up these CBD brands and using both of our networks help them get placements into these stores, and then you know garner velocity and and obviously increase sales and revenue.
1: No, got it. No, I I totally I totally get it. I think that is a very very cool move and um it, the next thing i want to move into and 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 we're going to do that uh we're going to take a break this is vern davis your host of plant profits fueled by Produce global people solutions uh nick when we come back i'm here with nick uh kovacevic of uh, kushko holdings when we get back from break i really want to dive into what's happening with COVID-19 and the effects on, on, on the cannabis space, your business, how it plays, et cetera. I have a lot of questions in there. So I really want to dive into that. So, um, Nick and I'll be right back. Plant profits will return. So our sponsors can profit from these
0: messages. yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
2: Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311 and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on cannabisradio.com.
0: Now I'm ready to
1: talk-
3: The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected. Get informed and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org/events.
0: The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on cannabisradio.com.
1: Welcome back. This is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and uh, Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions, a people solutions firm. I am with the CEO, the co-founder and chairman of the board of Cushco Holands, Mr. Nick Kovacevic. Nick, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you today, and we're going to continue our discussions, and I really want to get into uh, some things about how the cannabis space is being affected as we go through this virus period of virus, this COVID nineteen. And I want to hear you talk about that. What is your What are your observations on on some of the effects that you're seeing, positive and negative?
2: Yeah, so I think uh, you know I've narrowed it down to there's really three ways that the industry is being affected today, and I think there's a fourth. Uh, thing to look out for. Um, So starting with the three, you know, first and foremost, uh, we know that the COVID virus first started in China, uh, where it happened to be Chinese New Year. And this is something every year companies dread, uh, because every factory in the whole country shuts down for about 10 to 14 days. And folks travel all around China, they go home, they celebrate the holiday with their families. And then a majority of them come back, but many don't. Uh, they find another job, they, they get stuck at home taking care of family. And so these factories are, you know, rushing, rushing, rushing to get everything out before the new year holiday. And then um, when it's over, they're scurrying to get everyone back to work and get back into production. And so it's a big delay for uh, supply chains coming out of China. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, this year, uh, because of the COVID, uh, they ended up. Uh, being away from the factory for an extra three to four weeks. So something that was already uh, a big delay uh, and a disruption uh, now became much bigger. So that's the first thing. um, And we saw the goods coming out of China are are being delayed roughly four to six weeks. Now, good news for that. um, And and this is stuff that these cannabis companies need, right? Packaging and vape pens and all the stuff we provide. So, Um, The good news is we had extra inventory, right? So people are getting by. Maybe they're not getting the exact item they wanted, but there's a replacement solution um, here. And then when these goods land here in the next few weeks, that whole thing is over, right? So I look at that as, yes, it's a disruption, um, but it's a temporary disruption, okay? So that's number one. I think we'll be able to quickly move beyond that. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the industry. Number two is what we're actually seeing with, the policies here in the U S where folks have been uh, ordered to lock down shelter in place in many States and cannabis businesses are actually being deemed (laughs) essential. And that's not only in the U S but also in Canada. So you have this scenario where um, all other businesses are being required to close. Cannabis gets to stay open and people are also stocking up because they know they're going to be stuck at home and they want to be able to partake.
1: So, You're seeing a spike in the in 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 sales of edibles, the flour. What what else is spiking right now? Yeah, I mean, really across the
2: board. Uh, okay. I think everything is spiking, but particularly edibles, as, as mm-hmm. you know, people have been a little less inclined to, to inhale in their lungs, given that the COVID uh, disease does affect the lungs. So, you know, it's 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 a it's a good spike in demand, as you mentioned, but. Uh, when now we're seeing it, it start to tail off, right? People rushed in, they bought, um, you know, just like toilet paper, right? People stocked up um, and now, you know, the purchasing is, is down a little bit and, and sort of back to where it was before. So we have to monitor this, but to your point, it, it has so far been a positive, right? Mm-hmm. When we think about these buying dynamics. um, So the industry much needed for the industry, um, but has benefited uh, so far from the purchasing patterns around uh, COVID and the lockdowns. Um, and then the third thing, which is really the biggest thing, is the investor capital. So we all know that this industry is brand new. Um, it's being built from the ground up and that requires a ton of capital. And the industry has traditionally relied on outside investors to provide that capital. Um, many companies don't generate their own profits to the extent where they can really grow their business. So they need outside funding. Well, the the sector was already facing challenges last year. This COVID is now the final straw, in my opinion, that's going to pull you know, 90, 95% of the investors out of the market mm-hmm. and companies that need money are going to have a very tough time getting it. So that's something that we fear is going to actually put a lot of cannabis companies out of business. Um, even though sales are, are, are good. Um, companies that aren't profitable are going to have a tough time surviving in this climate if they cannot raise outside capital. So I think that's actually the biggest thing and something not yeah. a lot of people
1: are talking let, about. Let, let's talk about that for a minute. What what are investors thinking? Because remember, coming up to this, the, the the getting the money process was slow already because it mm-hmm. was it was more about real company stuff, right? Your balance sheet, cash. Right. It was it was it, it was no longer uh a promise and a powerpoint it was now what are you doing in your business and so it's slowed down already up until this point now we're going through this you know the cannabis companies don't have the the uh access to uh capital from the federal government like other small businesses so what, what what's what are investors thinking You know, look, it's a tough climate
2: for um, all companies right now, Mm -hmm. right, to raise money, and especially the cannabis industry. So as you mentioned, you know, investor sentiment was already waning last year. People were tired of putting money into companies that were losing money. I mean, we saw this with, you know, tech companies too. WeWork, for example, right? So not just cannabis. um, But cannabis specifically, you know, it's, it's required a lot of capital. These companies have burned a lot of capital, including us. And investors are saying... Hey, you know, we think there might be a downturn coming. Um, We're a little wary. We don't want to keep putting money into companies that are losing. And so companies are quickly uh, pivoting to be profitable. And now the virus hits. And you think of investor mentality during times of uncertainty. The first thing you're going to do is pull your money out of the riskiest investments you're in and move them over to the safest assets you can find. Yeah. And certainly cannabis, uh, because of the fact that um, it's still federally illegal, and because of the fact that a lot of these companies, um, you know, may go out of business, it's certainly on the riskiest side of the spectrum. And you can imagine a lot of
1: people just aren't comfortable placing dollars into this industry right now. Yeah. So you're servicing all of these companies and you're servicing the dispensaries and, and all that is attached What's your, my final question here is really, what is your message to to them and, and what is your outlook on the other side and well, what can they do? Yeah, so I, I think what, you know, everybody
2: needs to focus on and, um, you know, even I remind the investors this as well, is the macro, right? We know that, um, I mean, Illinois, for example, legalized on January 1st and we all saw images of lines two times around the block. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It's crazy, right? The demand for this product is there. Uh, We saw people panic buying and stocking up uh, before this uh, lockdown. We know people want to buy these products and they want to buy them legally. And doing so creates jobs, generates tax dollars. So this is something we got to keep in mind. The macro dynamics are very strong. We know where this industry is headed. We know that consumers are going to gravitate and buy these products for the long term. And it's just about making sure these companies can survive, can get the right unit economics in place, can survive all the ups and downs in the the tumultuous investor market and come out the other side. And whoever does is going to be extremely strong and they're going to be able to win a lot more market share. So it's a huge opportunity. Let's not lose sight of where this thing is going, given the shift in consumer sentiment and the shift in consumer demand from illegal, illicit cannabis to legal Regulated cannabis products.
1: Well, that's great. And um, I fear, I, I love what you just said. Remember that this product's in great demand. From a consumer interaction through this crisis, is has behaved like a staple, a uh, consumable staple,
3: exactly. and an
1: adult consumable staple. So we got to mm-hmm. all remember that. But I do fear the black market on the other side. Um, I really do. Uh, it could grow. Uh, there's some risk involved there we got to take care of. And man, I tell you what, Nick, uh, this has been a, a terrific chat. And I really, really appreciate you being here. This is Vern Davis uh, with Plant Profits. I am your host, uh, wired and, and, and driven by Protus Global People Solutions. I've spent my time today with Nick Kavasovic, who is the CEO and Co founder and chairman of Cushco Holdings. And uh, you can follow Nick on Twitter, right? At, at Nick Kovasevich, that is K O V A C E V I C H. And on the website, cushco.com. And uh, they're in the OTC uh, stock, traded on OTC uh, in the stock market at KSHB. And uh, Nick, thank you very much. Uh, for joining us here today. Thank you all for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Man, wherever, wherever you get your podcast fix, you can find us. iHeartRadio, all the major places. And follow Protos Global, Protos Global People Solutions Man, I tell you, uh, we're in all the networks, all the social networks, Instagram, LinkedIn. Follow us on LinkedIn, and we'll give you all the news of what's happening on consumer products uh, and the cannabis space, of course. Uh, Facebook, Twitter. Finally, learn more about how we're building companies and changing lives at Protis Global. That's protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers.